Hey, everybody. Welcome back in. Bleeding, Clara and Cobalt. Trey Fitzgerald, your host, Ryan Hale, the man, the myth, the legend behind the glass. And RSL resuming Major League Soccer action this weekend, Saturday, June 18th, back at the Riot, the first of two back-to-back home games. RSL, the final one of the 28 teams of Major League Soccer to host back-to-back home games. That hasn't happened all year. Glut of home games coming up this summer, five of the next seven, three of the next four, as we said, the next two. Lots of other stuff, uh, exciting stuff happening. This summer, we'll get to that international duty, uh, summer transfer window, the big Apple TV MLS deal that goes into effect starting in 2023, 10-year, $2.5 billion deal. We'll break some of that down as well. Coming up next on Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt brought to you by One Wire Fiber. Hey guys, just a big shout out to our friend Adam Sessions and One Wire Fiber. We would not be able to bring you Bleeding Claret and Cobalt every week, every month without their great support. So you wouldn't want all your RSL news information coming from some distant out-of-state people that don't care about this community. So why would you rely on your voice, video, text, for business coming from one of these big companies that literally don't care about you. If you don't own a business, but your friends do, your family does, you got to reach out to these guys because the level of customer service, of support, attention to detail from One Wire Fiber is immense. And we all know how fast the world is moving these days. If our phones, our computers, if our connectivity is not functioning properly, you just feel completely stuck in the water. And Adam and One Wire Fiber, they will figure it all out for you so you don't have to. The number one, W-I-R-E dot C-O, One Wire Fiber, they will take care of you. They care about this community. They care about this club. And they care about you. Okay, Ryan, so here we are a couple days before San Jose visits Rio Tinto Stadium. That game is pretty much already sold out. So seven straight sellouts to start the season, 20,000-plus. There's a few scattered tickets uh, remaining for Saturday night, 7.30 kick. San Jose, kind of a funny situation. They they won here twice last year. You remember early in the season, I think it was May 1st, May 10th, something like that, uh, RSL had a one nothing lead thanks to that Rubio Rubin bike, which ended up being the goal of the year in Major League Soccer. But Wando comes off the bench, scores twice in like the last six, seven minutes, and uh, everybody went home disappointed. Then late in the year, RSL goes up one nothing with a, a ninth-minute goal by Albert Rusnak, then proceeds to give up four straight uh, to San Jose in, in what was kind of a must-win Home game, the first of two home games, San Jose and Portland. RSL gets a win in either one of them, or maybe even a tie in both. They go to the playoffs um, instead of having to do what they did, which was lose both of those games and then get the the miracle in Kansas City to get into the playoffs. But San Jose winning twice at Rio Tinto Stadium in the same season is something that's only happened twice ever for the same home team, the same opponent, I should say, to come win in RSL's home twice in the same season. Previous was Portland, I think, in 2014. 
uh, won twice at the right. San Jose has five wins, six losses, and seven draws all-time at Rio Tinto Stadium. Only Portland has a better record at Rio Tinto with six wins, six draws, and two, sorry, six wins, six losses, and two draws. So uh, clearly San Jose not phased typically historically by the altitude. As we know, Pablo doesn't care about all that historical stuff, but uh, as RSL tries to maybe channel a little bit of the frustration and anger from that 2-1 loss at Vancouver, stoppage time PK, which we talked about extensively in the last episode, there really is a massive opportunity here for RSL as they've gotten healthy and as they get off the road uh, to, to take advantage of glut a home game. So two in a row here, June 18th, San Jose, June 25th against Columbus. Then you go to Minnesota on July 3rd. You're back for Rocky Mountain Cup uh, July 9th against Colorado. You have a midweek trip to Atlanta on July 13th, and then you're back home July 17th against Kansas City, which is a rare Sunday regular season game. And then uh, you've also you've got a home game on July 23rd as well for RSL. So um, now that we're healthy, you got Savarino – uh, and Julio healthy and up to speed. Maybe those guys are both now in the mix to start and go maybe not the full 90, but longer than the 20 or 30 that they've been limited to since arriving, um, you know, in late late May, early June, whenever they got here. So um, lots of interesting opportunity here for RSL. Uh, you do have some guys – either at or coming off of international duty. We talked about Diego Luna's addition on the last couple shows. The USU 20s have been in camp getting ready for the qualifying tournament in Honduras, which kicks off early next week. I think Monday or Tuesday is their first game. Uh, if the U.S. goes all the way to the final, which is expected, that means Diego's not here until uh, you know past the July 3rd game. Um, Rubio Rubin did very, very well for Guatemala in his recent uh, Nations League spell, had uh, two goals and a third disallowed uh, earlier this week in Guatemala's final game. So he was back in training, just kind of buzzing with confidence. And as we've heard Pablo and the guys talk about, whether it's Bobby Wood or Sergio Cordova or Rubio Rubin, confidence is, is what a striker needs. Once they see that ball go in the back of the net, it seems like everything comes a little more simply, whether it's the runs, the touches, the passes, and certainly the shots. So that's that's good stuff there. Um, really the big news this week is, oh, one other thing, David Ochoa is with Mexico for their Nations League camp but uh, did not make the bench in their game Wednesday night, which I think some uh, L Tree fans expected him to maybe start and get cap-tied, but that's not happened yet, so... Um, we'll see what happens with him. Obviously, we have a Monarchs game Friday night at Zions Bank Stadium. Uh, Axel Kai, I think, might end up starting that game, coming off his goal uh, last week in, where were they? Colorado, actually. Um, Colorado Rapids basically started like six of their MLS starters in that MLS Next Pro game against all the teenagers and the young'uns from the Monarchs, but... Axel did get um, a goal that I think cut the lead to 2-1, and then uh, the Rapids, too, ended up with a with a late uh, insurance goal that 
made the final margin, I think, 3-1 in that game. But um, Eric Holt has played the last couple Monarchs games against Vancouver and against Colorado. He could be back in the mix Friday night along with Axel, uh, along with maybe a couple other uh, RSL guys like Chris Garcia, Bodie. Used to be known as Bodie Davis. Now his name is Bodie Hidalgo. He was adopted by his stepfather, so the official legal name change, both with the U.S. government and with Major League Soccer, has gone through. So you will see Bodie Davis now referred to as Bodie Hidalgo. And so uh, that's kind of a cool story for Bodie and his family. That um, and, and those guys, if they do or don't play extensive minutes with the Monarchs, that may dictate who's uh, in the mix Saturday to maybe take up those last couple spots on the bench for RSL because you will not have Demir Krylock. Uh, as you know, Johnny Menendez has not been activated off the injured reserve list quite yet. That could happen, according to RSL GM Elliot Fall. That could happen in time for the Columbus game. And, um, you know, Pablo Ruiz's status, I think, is going to be a little bit up in the air for Saturday night just because uh, he had gone back to Argentina during the break uh, to mourn his father's death, which you may remember happened back on April 20th and encountered some travel issues getting back uh, in time for Argentina. So he just hasn't had a full week of training. Uh, he might start. He might be on the bench. He might not dress at all. I think the status is just completely up in the air. So we'll see what Pablo and Matt Taylor and his staff uh, decide to do when the lineups come out Saturday afternoon. So um, exciting times. Again, um, one of the other things kind of non-RSL, but that happened at Rio Tinto Stadium this week, was the Liga MX exhibition between Chivas Guadalajara and Santos Laguna. What a great night at Rio Tinto, Ryan. It was so exciting. The The soccer was superb. It was just fast technical not as physical as MLS so a lot of free flowing the passing was incredible um, the risk taking the shot taking it was a lot of fun I think Chivas ended up winning 3-1 uh, a little over 16,000 fans in the house uh, kind of crazy that when the game ended at 9:30, it was still pretty light out and it's like it should be like eight o'clock right now I can't believe it's 9:30, but that's Utah this time of year uh, just a great night at Rio Tinto so another successful soccer event at the riot not involving rsl then obviously a thing i know that you want to get into this week too is the big news that came out i think tuesday morning is that our mls has signed a 10-year digital broadcast streaming deal with apple uh over the course of the next 10 years 10-year deal 2.5 billion dollars so MLS will be in everybody's, not everybody, but a lot of people's hands uh, worldwide. So it, it, I think it is a good deal in a lot of ways in terms of raising the profile for the league, its teams, its players, its content, its storytelling uh, to a much, much broader scope. And, and this is obviously an interesting time because the league still could have some linear TV deals, ESPN, Univision, uh, some others potentially uh, to announce that would bring the annual rights fee to around $300 million, which is about uh, three and a half times what it was previously over the last eight years. So, um, But I think the big questions, and, and let me be clear here, there's still a lot more questions than answers 
How does that affect how we consume Real Salt Lake games here in the state of Utah? So streaming on the KSL app will go away for live games. Does it mean there won't be a ton of great content there? I think we're all tr- still trying to figure out you know, what happens. Uh, what happens with David James and Brian Dunseth calling games? Are they going to call games as part of the MLS Apple uh, quote-unquote national ecosystem? How are those games produced? Where are those games produced? Will the announcers be on site? Will they be in a studio? Um, if we have DJ and Dunny do the local, let's say, radio call, or somebody else, whoever we decide our talent is, um, you will have the option through the Apple offerings to pick, let's say it's an RSL San Jose game. You can pick the RSL announcers, you can pick the San Jose announcers, or you can stick with the national announcers. And the national announcers, um, you know, could be J.P. Della Camera and Taylor Twelman. Could be, although Twelman has a contract with ESPN, so that's probably not a great example, but... Basically, what it, what we think is going to happen is it's going to be kind of a centralized NFL-style um, production setup, and you're going to have games on Wednesday nights and Saturday nights, generally going from 5 p.m. Mountain to 10 o'clock Mountain, and they're going to be staggered, and Apple is going to have kind of a red zone-style whip-around show, so you, you can tune in on your phone or your iPad or your Apple TV box or your Roku box or you know, through apps or, or various ways to have access to all these games for basically one price. We don't know what the price is going to be. Some games are going to be free uh, through Apple. Some games are going to be only if you have the Apple TV Plus subscription, like how you watch Ted Lasso. And some are going to be in a separate uh, Major League Soccer Apple um, ecosystem. Um, that we don't know again. Is that one ninety nine a month? Is it ten ninety nine a month? We just don't know yet. So uh, there's a lot of questions about this deal that will be answered in the future. All of us at RSL are trying to determine what this means uh, for our talent, for our distribution, for linear options, for radio options, uh, for sponsorship fulfillment. You know, for me personally, I look at our three hour broadcast windows. And we have one of, if not the best, broadcast deal in the league, right? We've been available for free in every home in the state of Utah for 18 years. And for a few years, it was a two-hour game window. Then we started adding the pregame show. And then the last probably decade, it's been a pregame and a postgame show. So you have a live three-hour window to basically make sure that anybody who wants to find out about RSL can tune in and listen to whoever the talent has been. Uh, Brian Dunseth is the best color commentator um, in the United States, bar none. And he's obviously a massive ambassador for his hometown team, which is Real Salt Lake. So how do we replicate the 100 hours or so that those live uh, 34 three-hour windows uh, allow us to to utilize every year. And we just don't know all the answers to that now. Will DJ and Dunny still do the Thursday night show on KMYU? I don't know. I hope so. Will there be other shows on KMYU or KSL Sports or KSL TV or KSL Digital? These are, like, we have kind of a blank slate, um, although there will be limitations that come from the league and Apple uh, that may or may not, 
limit us and may or may not change how we've done things. So we do have an opportunity to be creative and create a lot of content. But as you know, Ryan, um, nothing captures as many eyeballs simultaneously as a live event appointment. And we could do the coolest Dunny and Pablo Mastroeni interview show, or we could do a comedian in cars getting coffee with Dunny and the players. Like, And we want to do a lot of this stuff. But you're simply not going to have, I don't know, 25, 30,000 households tuning into any of those things at the same time like we do now. That's 100,000 people. That is um, probably up in the top two or three uh, gross viewership in Major League Soccer. So, you know, look, Seattle, Atlanta, Portland, Kansas City, and Real Salt Lake are probably the five markets that are most, that have really good local broadcast deals. They're probably uh, in some ways potentially the most adversely affected by this deal. But for 25 of the MLS teams, 24, they're saying, great, this is way better than what we have now. Um, I don't know if you're an Android user or an iPhone user, but if you're an Android user, there are still ways to get this game. these games. It's not as easy as if you were an iPhone user. So there's a lot of things that, um, that still have to be kind of nailed down and defined on both the business side and the fan access and experience side. But I think all in all, um, it's better than an ESPN plus deal. It's better than a Fox deal. It's better than Paramount plus, uh, as we're finding out, like trying to watch national team games, you kind of have to scramble and go all over the place. Apple amazingly, and I don't pretend to know a ton about the technology world, but Apple has more users, either people with phones in their hand or Apple-connected devices in their homes, than Google, Netflix, Amazon, and Disney Plus combined. So that that should just think about that. Go research the numbers. The scope of reach that Major League Soccer and its players, teams, brands, properties, uh, games – content, whatever else, associated entities have is uh, has just exploded exponentially. Now, the big question, and this is a big question for a lot of people in the industry, both the television and broadcast and sports industry is, okay, but how do you make how do you make somebody with an Apple phone or an iPhone, whatever, an Apple device, tune in to a Houston Dynamo Chicago fire game? I have an Apple phone. I get alerts every day. Uh, to watch either my favorite teams or when they do the, like the Friday night baseball broadcast. If that Friday night baseball broadcast doesn't say San Francisco Giants, I don't even click on it. Even if it does say San Francisco Giants because that's my team, I probably don't click on it. So MLS, now it's a 10-year deal, so it means there's a lot of room to grow and innovate and penetrate. And there's, you know, we just don't know where the world is going to go. And... um I guess the last point I wanted to kind of make on this is MLS is basically soon to be, next year St. Louis is 29, Vegas rumored to be the 30th team. So it's soon to be a 30-team league, which which is about the same size as all the other major leagues, but like the NHL, probably more than others, team fan bases are very... 
hyper local. So we are hardcore Real Salt Lake fans, right? There are casual Real Salt Lake fans, but I'd say 90 plus percent of those casual fans live here. Um, there are not a ton of casual MLS fans. There are not a, there are not a ton of displaced um, MLS fans. Although there's more now than there were a few years ago, right? Like the league is approaching 30 years old. So, um, but we just don't have the history that other leagues have, where there's a ton of Pittsburgh Steelers fans everywhere. There's a ton of New York Yankee fans everywhere. So. Um, it's just an interesting time in the industry because regional sports networks are crumbling. Uh, cable is cut is crumbling, right? Cords are being cut. But now we all subscribe to so many streaming services, it's like maybe I, it would have been cheaper to keep my cable package. Um, over the air is more prominent, I think, in Salt Lake and Utah than it is in a lot of markets. And that's why our KNYU deal with KUTV and KJAZ as their related properties um, is something we want to try and retain all of, if not pieces of. And how does that work? Will MLS allow us? Do we have to buy the rights from Apple? These are all questions that that we're asking and we don't have answers to yet. And obviously, the minute we do have a defined plan, we will share that with everybody. Um, I guess one of the cooler aspects of the Apple deal is every Major League Soccer season ticket holder for any of these 29, soon to be 30 teams, gets a free subscription. So you're not having to pay extra money, but um, I guess equally is people aren't used to walking into a bar and saying, hey, can you pull up this stream for me, right? You don't say, hey, do you have Apple TV? Do you have the MLS package? Do you have Paramount Plus? Whatever. Like, So these are the things where... It's a risk maybe in some ways based on how things have been done, but I think it's a risk well worth taking for this sport and this league to try to be an early adopter and change the way we're all consuming sports in the future because the rumor is is that Apple is one of the two front runners for like the NFL Sunday ticket, which I paid for for years. Uh, when I lived in New York, so I could watch all the Denver Bronco games, right? Um, I didn't have it here because the majority of the Bronco games are, are on our local TV providers, but not all. So sometimes I have to scramble. I realize the game's not going to be on Fox or CBS, and i got to go to a, a bar or wherever. So um, times are changing. I think this is really good uh, for fans, but we just don't know exactly how good yet because we haven't experienced it. We haven't been able to play with it. And again, until we are able to answer the questions about who is calling Real Salt Lake games in our market, uh, for our market, and for really, I should say, for everybody. Um, and look, Dunny, Dunny may get hired by by MLS and Apple by that production entity, and he may get assigned all thirty four games. In which case, in a lot of ways, we have the best of all worlds. And then Dunny can do the shoulder programming, the pregame show, the postgame show, the weekly highlight show, the interview show, like whatever else we come up with. He can do these things, um, whether those things exist on RSL.com or KMYU or KSL or ESPN 700 or whatever. These are just things we don't quite know yet, and, uh, and we'll have to sift through what is best for our fans, first and foremost, what is best for our our reach 
and what is best for our our corporate partners who are able to make a lot of this ancillary stuff possible. Well, let me throw a couple things in here, okay. Trey, because you, you brought a lot of things up here in the last couple minutes here. Um, but this Apple one obviously is big on um, you know most of the RSL fans' uh, radar because we do, I think most people recognize that we do have the... I don't know. We have a privileged situation here with our uh, our broadcast. Not all yeah. not all small markets have the broadcast situation that we have. In fact, I think that it's been said that the um, that the new deal was going to benefit most of the league, and that would exclude places like RSL who have a you know cohesive, well thought out, you know, well distributed broadcast deal. And talking about Dunny, like what is his future specifically? I think that's very. You know, that's people are getting like a you know antsy about that because what happens? How do we watch games? Because we all have to. We you know those of us that watched games with you know, turn tune into RSL and not hear Dunny. It's like what is the point of watching this game? Kind of sometimes you know you kind of feel that way just because those guys don't know our guys. You can't stand when people mispronounce Crylock. You know we only want the way that Dunny pronounces Crylock, <laughs> Dimir. Um, but uh, it's a uh, so you know there's a lot of things that are gonna happen. I think that one of the things that I can throw in here, not that I have any. In, information at all but the apple um sports situation they've just mm-hmm. picked up major league baseball and they've been doing mm-hmm. some major league baseball games to not a very great reception and yeah. um i think that a lot of that is mirrors like what uh um a lot of these the games that apple was taking were local games from out of their small markets hands and so people were losing their own guys to the studio announcers which is kind of an interesting thing they're trying to do some different things and like if you watch those games they're going a little bit they're changing the way that baseball like they have four people in the booth they have you know like people that aren't really baseball people there they have like people that are you know it's just it's a weird it's a weird vibe it's not a normal vibe they definitely went to go to to shake it up it wasn't like a just oh we'll just replace this with our version of what's been going on they said apple baseball is going to be something different than you know what you've been seeing on you know yeah. Your regular, your regular broadcast. Yeah, and I don't pretend to know the details. What I've been told, though, is that Apple baseball production is not comprehensive and not anything close to what they'll be doing, what we'll be doing with MLS for soccer because it's it's sort of like they're taking one of the feeds and adding their announcers, and it's it's I, I shouldn't say it's slapped together, but it's not something they wholly own. They own the distribution. They don't own the production. So I think that they're, I mean, I guess the vibe with that, and I think that maybe a lot of the, the information coming out of this announcement, the vibe from the MLB one was like, oh, this is a more casual version to watch, casual way to watch baseball, which doesn't seem to be the message from the announcement for, you know, we're spending billions of dollars and for 10 years yeah. we're taking over the broadcast. Um, I do think that the reality of like, where does Dunny end up? I mean, obviously, like, how does how does somebody who's trying to do national broadcasts not pick up somebody like that his stock has never been higher at this point if you've got people trying to fill in you know 34 you know 15 16 games a week you know you got to have somebody like dunny on your staff to be doing those things anyway yeah and look every market has a dunny right both in the play-by-play chair and in the analyst chair and look we've watched enough broadcasts to know that most if not all of them are worse but a lot of them are as beloved by their fan bases and a lot of them are tried and true professional broadcasters and look fox loses all soccer after the women's world cup next year so are are the is the fox talent going to want to be a part of this yes 
Paramount Plus is got Champions League, uh, but apparently they may be going away from NWSL. So is there talent there that wants to be a part of this? Absolutely. So it, it will be competitive, but uh, you know a lot of the play-by-play and color analyst voices that we've become used to in the MLS ecosystem, a lot of them will be a part of this. A lot of them are going to be kind of out in the cold, in which case are they going to become the radio voices for their local team? Maybe. Um, what happens? Who's doing the Spanish language broadcast? Which apparently every MLS game is supposed to be available in English, Spanish, and then they're going to roll out French for the Montreal games and then expand it. Like, there's a lot of great ideas, um, but as we sit here eight months before opening day of 2023, we just don't know um, the exact details or logistics. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done between now and uh, let's say February 15th of next year. Yeah, I think there's I think there's room to be optimistic. Obviously, it's going to be different, and, it's, and hopefully that those differences aren't something that uh, are hard to get over. Um, but yeah, the, the, the radio version, the radio connection simulcast, you know, is a very is an interesting um, dynamic. I wonder if that's that's something that maybe more sports maybe go into just so you can have your local. I don't know. I know radio broadcast ratings aren't going up right now, so it might be a good way to like. No, it's becoming even more fragmented too. People are listening to podcasts. Thank you. Uh, people are listening to audiobooks. Like people are not necessarily tuning in and just having your live sports or news or music radio on all day. But that's like another that's another pool of talent that's being, you know, overlooked for the most part that may be tapped into with this whole situation, which may be good. I mean you think of like Bill, you know, like I mean we have we have the we have the talent to cover that here as sure. far as local. Um a couple other things like ESPN is gonna have a connection to this somehow, or ESPN plus at least. I mean we're we're all waiting to hear all these things just like everybody else, but I think there is a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of you know, nervous energy around this because, you know, one of the the things that ties all our cell fans together is that we do know that we can trust our home broadcast. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're selling out stadiums right now. It's like, that's because, because everybody's still invested and it's not hard to be invested. I mean, think of all the, if you're on Twitter and you're a Utah sports fan on Twitter, the frustration when a jazz game is on that you can't get to because you don't have that package on your cable and whatever, and you're, you're like, you live within, you know, you you deal with the traffic for the games, but you can't watch the games. You know, it's like that's yeah. such a frustrating thing to be in Salt Lake and and that 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 type of thing we've never had to deal with as RSL fans. We've had this, you know, we've had the benefit of if I can't make it to the game, I can see the game, or no matter where it is, I'm going to see it. There's going to be, you know, people talking about it. It's going to be good. Um, a couple of things I wanted to say. You brought up something about San Jose that, like, uncovered a memory that I yeah, okay. uh, I was an uncomfortable memory because I remember those San Jose games now that you say those. Like, I remember when uh, when Wando came in on that game, and I believe Dunny said something about this game is definitely not over. It doesn't matter how, you know, because this is like, this is towards the end of, you know, Wando's career. Obviously, this was last year. It was like, he's, but he, he wasn't playing. He wasn't starting as much, but he's, he's, Dunny definitely said, this is something you have to be aware of. This is not, this game is not over if Wando's coming on the field. And sure enough, he did that. But that Rubio Rubin goal was, uh, was something to behold. Um, I think I remember one of the, his comment afterward was so great where he, he, he was asked if, uh, if he'd ever scored a goal like that before. And he's like, oh yeah, I've scored lots of goals like that. <laughs> I was like, that's the greatest thing ever. No problem. Yeah, that's just every day. But it was that that, that kind of three quarters bicycle kick from the top of the 18. I think. So it, nice. it was just a great, it was such a great goal. And Interesting then, note, he just received his uh, MLS goal of the year trophy, which came to the stadium to my attention for some reason 
last week. Oh, wow. So while he was in Guatemala. So uh, better late than never, I guess. I get a picture of that. We'll put it up on Instagram. <laughs> um, also, the, the feeling of what the late summer, early fall felt like for this team as they were hitting those speed bumps, all of those, that, those September, October games were brutal for yeah. RSL. And I think that that's one of those, um, I, I guess I kind of, as a, as a fan, as someone who has been connected to the club a little bit, um, it is, it's frustrating to see people like jump off of like, Oh, get so crazy on one side and jump over, you know, get so negative. But you remember that there's some times when like things do seem very dire. Like those were some, those were some tough games to, to be, to witness like that, 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 that last San Jose game, I'm thinking that Portland game at home at the end of the season. Yeah, it was brutal. Because um, we honored Kyle Beckerman, and then we yeah. were down 3 nothing at halftime. And it's just, it's tough to be part of that. But then you see, like, well, what what came of that season? Yeah, sure. and, and you think, like, these are the things that, like, one of the th- great things about this league, one of the great things about this team, is spe- specifically the club that Pablo has, like, put together here, is that this is a team that, it doesn't matter what happened in the last game. I think we've already seen it this season. We have the, we have the rebound from the New York game. We have... You know, we just have, you know, players being put in positions to succeed and seeing them succeed. I think that that's a, there's something to be said, like, I, I didn't remember what it felt like to have those that, that those games until you brought that, that the San Jose results up. Well, and and like, how about, like, we beat San Jose 4-3 there. They come here and beat us 4-3 here. Um, Pablo, and we talked about this a little bit last week, under Pablo, seven wins, one loss, and two draws in games after a loss. So bounce back mentality has been massive. Um, obviously you're coming off the Vancouver loss, which was disappointing, but we talked about how nice it is to feel like there is some hope to win when you're on the road. There's competition. There's This team has the right mentality. Uh, should RSL win uh, Saturday against San Jose, I believe that becomes Pablo's 10th home victory in 13 home games. So he's really kind of flipped the script, and now big opportunity this summer to keep all that rolling. Yeah, and I think that like that's uh, you know just a reminder of like how how quick things turn around and how you know how good it is. I mean the the what the benefit of the positive uh, mentality that's been around this club for the last you know couple of years I think is is uh, is something that we you know maybe maybe we forget about it a little bit because we've had we kind of I don't know I think that like some of the. I, I get very like very focused on what's happening right now, and sure. kind of see, like, but not to say like I mean that's another that's another weird cliche about like sports. But when and, we went thirty four games on being at home, people thought it was going to be like that forever. Yeah, you don't realize you're in the golden days until the golden days are gone. And it is that thing that's like you know you can't really say like just because something happened one time it's not going to sure. happen again. And but I think I think there is something. I mean, coaches and people, players will always say that kind of stuff. But you start to see these patterns as fans. You know, people like 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 say um, I think I, I think Pablo brought this up recently on in an interview about talking about. How like I don't care about what happened last time we played yeah. this team. I can't remember which team it was. It was it was recently. It's probably Montreal. And he was like, yeah, it was. And he was talking about like I don't care about the history. But the thing is, like Pablo's only been paying attention to this team for you know a couple, t- years. couple years. Yeah. And like those of us that have been living yeah. through it, and like yeah. no, every time we go to this place, sure. this happens, and that, yeah. that's that's tough to deal with. And stuff. Every time we're on turf, every time yeah, we're yeah. in Canada, all these things like. And not to say that those things are real, but it is one of those like as a fan, sometimes you kind of get wrapped up in that, and it kind of affects your your negative your. your your point of view and your, your attitude. So anyway, I, I think that's, a, that's interesting. But I also think it's kind of a, the, the, the new lease on life that we've had with this season and every, you know, every rebound game that brings, you know, that, that happens and everything that, you know, it's, I think there's a lot of positivity going on with this team. And I think it's uh maybe we don't really know how good we have it right now. <laughs> maybe we're in one yeah. of those moments too. So hopefully we get, we see that. I, I can't wait to see another, you know, playoff atmosphere in the summertime game here. I think that that's going to show, I mean, 
San Jose is a different team. I was looking just at their results. They haven't won in a, the last time they won was the 18th of May. Um, including in that last month, the loss to uh, Sacramento um, yeah. in the U.S. Open Cup. So like, yeah. they've had some things, but it's like, they're they're not they're not the same team they were last no, year. No, they've had a coaching change. They're playing differently. They're a little more conservative. They're going to be missing uh, one of their big players, and I'm blanking on his name. He's from Costa Rica. They're celebrating their World Cup birth from a couple days ago. Um, Cade Cowell is also going to be down at the U20s with Diego Luna and Haziel Orozco. So let's hope RSL wins, and we can break it all down next week. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Trey. Thanks, thanks for yeah, let's uh. Let's uh, see you back at the riot this weekend, and uh... yeah, ride UTA tracks for free. Keep an eye out for that. Yep. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Another great episode. As always, follow us on social at Claret Cobalt on Twitter, at Claret Cobalt on Instagram, Anchor.fm slash Claret and Cobalt. Hit that message button. Let us know who you want to hear from, what you want to do, and uh, anything you want us to talk about here. Nice to be home for a little bit. We'll get back on the interview train as uh, we've got what did I say 10 games in the next 56 days this summer and the majority of those at Rio Tinto Stadium thanks everybody thank you Adam Sessions thank you One Wire Fighter.